2: Tuning into the Rory Sauter Show. I'm Rory Sauter, your host. Happy Tuesday. It is great to be with all of you again. I have missed you all since yesterday. Uh, we had a fantastic show last night. So much great dialogue, uh, so many things established, uh, amazing talk, and so smooth uh, the conversation. I tell you, everything you could want in a show. Uh, like I do every episode, I want to thank all my audience. My co-hosts, guests, and sponsors, uh, you are all incredible. Uh, the show is now listened to in 24 different countries and on nearly 70 online platforms. And everybody, if you miss any past clips, past episodes, or need 24-7 breaking news coverage, please visit our media site, The Next, N-E-X, Gen, G-E-N-U-S-A.com. And remember, like I said yesterday, uh, we are fixing the episode section on the media site, so I think we're missing like I don't, I, we're missing a few. Right? So there's a few that aren't on the media site of the episode. So, but like I said, it, I mean, it's, we're on 70 different platforms. So you can find the show anywhere. So I just want, I do, I, I wanted to make sure to address that yesterday, like I did, uh, that because I keep getting people asking me, why can't they watch the latest shows on the website, Next Gen USA, And I said, we're, like I said, we're just, we're fixing some something with the server. So um, I'm glad that's going to be all taken care of, though, this week. And then, as I said uh, yesterday as well, uh, big stuff with this new network. Uh, we're raising over a million dollars. Uh, many, many notable people will be doing their own shows. America's toughest sheriff, Joe Arpaio, will be the face of the media site, along with uh, the great Robert Spencer. And as you guys know, both of those people have millions of, of fans and followers. Um, and it's it's so it's so fun. You know, it's uh, there's so much to it, and I I will I will keep getting into details this week uh, more and more on the show, and, and as the weeks go on, I'll get into more and more detail. And like I said, I, I was expecting us to to be you know to be ready in like the next few weeks, but it, we're we're about a month month and a half out at this point. I mean, we have a little bit more work to to do. I apologize for the any inconvenience, but uh, we want to make this thing to be the most powerful, uh, it can be, and to live to its highest potential and highest extent. Uh, that that definitely is the priority, but. It's going to be so fun 24-7. Uh, when we're sleeping here in the U.S., you'll be having all the other show hosts doing their, their shows from overseas, whether they're in Europe, India, Germany, Ireland. I mean, that, all these places, uh, you know, uh, China. Uh, it goes on and on, everybody. And uh, I, I, you know, the way, it's, the way it's laid out and the way it's designed, it, it's, it's unbelievable. I mean, it's so unique, so creative, uh, very, very happy to be involved. Um, so, guys, we have a huge show tonight, a lot to get into. Obviously, Trump had a huge rally, uh, and we are going to get into that, uh, the, the, the first rally of his 2020 uh, re-election campaign. Uh, very, very exciting stuff. Uh, I do want to welcome to the show uh, conservative talk show host, 2024 presidential candidate, activist, and best-selling author, the great Daryl Kane.
3: Hey, my brother. It's good to hear your voice. I'm excited for another lovely show tonight, and uh, I'm hoping to Kuiper's back. It was it was tough. We, we somehow have a good show without him, but, yeah, Kevin's here. All right, good, good. Rock on,
2: brother. God bless you, and God bless your entire audience. Thank you, my friend. Um, let's also welcome to the show uh, doctor, award-winning speaker, veteran professor, Technology expert, best-selling author, and currently the commissioner of Parks and Recreation for Maricopa County, Dr. Bob Branch.
4: Oh, something happened with the connection just now to, to Dr. Branch. He
2: should be uh, calling right back in. Give it a second. Uh, let's let's, int- let's introduce uh, let's introduce Kevin. Uh, currently the leader of Nationalist United and the founder of College Republicans United and Republicans United, Kevin duke Kevin, how are
5: you? I'm doing so wonderful. I'm terribly sorry I missed yesterday. I I know I missed out on a lot of great conversations. been traveling all over Alberta and British Columbia, seeing as much as I can, and there's a lot of remote areas. uh, But uh, Banff National Park and everything has been a lot of fun. And I'm ready for another great session with you guys. Uh, Much to talk about.
2: Absolutely. How was Seattle?
5: Oh, it, it was a lot of fun. We stayed there for uh, two nights and uh, uh, just stayed in the touristy areas, so didn't really get to see the, the awful areas that I've been hearing about, but uh, it's been fun.
2: And you like like liking, obviously, Vancouver is one of my favorite cities in the world. I love that place. How do you like that place? Uh,
5: didn't go on this trip, but went on a, a trip before and, uh, yeah, it was a really great place. We saw it just right after their hockey riots and, uh, there was broken windows and it was a, yep, a real remember. Mess.
2: <laughs> Yeah, that was, that was definitely an insane time, but uh, great to have you here, man. Uh, definitely uh, a lot to get into tonight. Um I think I believe we have you back, Dr. Branch. Uh Doctor, award winning speaker, professor, veteran, technology expert, best selling author, and currently the Commissioner of Parks and Recreation
6: for Maricopa County,
2: Dr. Bob Branch.
6: Hey Rory, good evening. How are you all tonight? Uh, I hear uh Daryl's on the phone and Kevin's back. And uh I think the team's all together looking forward to it. You know, up near the Seattle area, one of my greatest uh places to go is Victoria, BC. Uh, we used to take yeah. our boat over there all the time. And man, I'll tell you what great times. Those are, and, uh, you know, we got a new rally call today, right? Keep America great. And that's what we got to yeah. do. So we got to get your network up and running and get these great shows on and, you know, increase the amount of countries that this is heard in. Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. Amen. Amen. Uh, definitely a lot uh,
6: to get into tonight.
2: And, uh, Let's, let's do it, everybody. Um, so I want to – obviously I want to start with the, with the recap of, of the rally. I mean, uh, Trump absolutely, like always, uh, runs the show. I mean, this guy is a, a king of God, a magician. I mean, he, he is so profound, so uniquely made and brought into this world. I've never seen anybody not even, come, not even come close to being on his level in the political realm. I mean, this this guy has given more to the people in America than anyone ever. And that's, that's a big statement. That's, that's not easy to say. But if you look at all everything he's accomplished within two years, like within about two and a half years now, he's got about 80% or more now. It's been updated. It's about 80% or more of of his agenda. Can you believe that, guys? 80%. And like I said many times on the show, most presidents, when they leave office, they don't even fulfill 10% of their agenda. They're full of crap. They're out for their own special interests. You know, The greatest thing about Trump is that he came in there, he's not owned, he makes his own decisions, he says what's on his mind, and the filter. I mean, I, I love the no filter, don't get me wrong. And most things that come out of his mouth, I, I get a kick out of, and I think it's great. And I think we need more people that speak from the heart and, and speak uh, what they're thinking. But, you know, there are those few times where I just say, I wish he probably wouldn't have said that. Uh, but that's only been like two or three times out of his whole presidency. I, you know, I, I, I don't think, you know, his words are uh, any, anything threatening like some other people think. I mean, you got him make one, the slightest remark, and the left goes nuts. It's, it's, it's so silly. It's so silly. It's like these people would rather have a dentist or doctor that is nice and blows smoke up their ass rather than a mean doctor who tells them how it is. It's like, these, it's like I've said many times, the Democrats are feelings over facts. Feelings over facts. You know, they, they, don't, they don't care how great Trump's doing. They don't want to pay attention to the facts. And all of Trump's accomplishments, you know, it's a huge, huge list.
1: The best economy we've ever had. Lowest woman unemployment. Lowest lowest black unemployment. Lowest Asian. Lowest Hispanic unemployment ever. All of this is ever. We've got the stock market hitting all-time high. We've got
2: now we've got 160 million people working we have our border getting taken care of trump announced yesterday on twitter that he is getting the millions of illegals here removed
1: and sent back to where they came from because you know what
2: i understand if somebody if certain people have been here their entire life i mean I, I'm not saying I'm, a, I'm a 100% okay with them staying, but it's, it's more. There's more of a, a case to hear. If somebody has been here their entire life, that's something that to, that's something that, that is worth hearing. But somebody that Trustcast here in the last couple of years, get the hell out. And that's not harsh.
1: That's not rude. That's direct. That's firm. And that's what laws
2: are. You know, and. <laughs> I obviously I think there's a lot I think there's a lot of I don't want to get too off topic with the immigration thing. I mean we're going to get into that later uh, more of it. But you know with Trump with everything he's done, guys, look at all the jobs he's brought back to America. Look at all the factories that are opening shop for the first time, and you know they never have before. The, you know the car plants, the uh, you know getting rid of NAFTA, you know bringing the you know uh, all these all these different opportunities back to America. For the longest time we had these past presidents that were out for their own interests and were making these deals, trying to convince the public how great they were, and and, and they they were filling their pockets and sending these jobs away. They didn't give a crap about the American people. I mean, we finally have somebody who loves us, who's working for us night in and and night out, 24-7. Trump doesn't stop. Every book or everything I've ever seen says this guy sleeps probably three – and a half 4 hours a night like nothing. And then he's back up cuz he's 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 obsessed with working, he's obsessed with success and he's obsessed uh, with with um, with perfection. This if this guy does something like I've said many times on the show, he never half asses anything. It's always you get the full 100. You get the full 100 with this guy. Um, <laughs> it's 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 honestly you know, I, I'm just I'm re, I'm looking at everything he's done, and it's you know the Obamacare mandate, getting rid of that, uh, get, getting rid of Dodd Frank, the um, largest tax cuts in in, in history, um, the, the 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 first step act, um, you know all all the things that he's done for uh, coal miners, for the farmers, uh, for for our military, you know for for he wants to cure AIDS. For God's sakes, what guy have you ever, what leader have you ever heard say, and, and actually mean it and actually serious about it, say, "We're going to cure AIDS. Our goal is within the next ten years." That's exactly what he said.
1: It, it never, the winning never ends. It never
2: ends this winning, and the GDP, some of the best GDP numbers we've ever seen, and all, all consumer confidence at an all-time high lowest jobless claims since 19 like 69 or something you get the lowest welfare lowest welfare rate since like the 60s or 70s it's it's it, 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 this is remarkable I, I do want to play uh president trump uh on the lawn today uh answering questions before the rally uh, just to kind of get get everybody up to date um I'll tell you though, this is this is absolutely uh, incredible. Really incredible stuff what he's doing for us. And don't forget about getting us out of the Paris Climate Accord, getting us out of the Iran Nuke deal, uh, you know, making our other nations pay their fair share, uh, getting us some of the best trade deals known to mankind, some of the things that we could have never imagined. En- Enwar, don't forget about Enwar. Uh, it's 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 this is remarkable. It truly is. Uh, let's play this though. One four.
6: All right. We're very close to getting that pool spray from the president of the United States in which he defended his outgoing acting defense secretary, Patrick Shanahan, who refused uh, to get the confirmation process and reopen uh, family wounds that still need healing in a past domestic incident and many more. The president commenting on all that. Mark
1: Esper,
0: was a highly respected gentleman with a great career, West Point, Harvard, uh, a tremendous talent. He's just named Acting Secretary of Defense. I think he'll do very well. He was Secretary of the Army. I got to know him very well, and he's an outstanding guy. Uh, Pat Shanahan, who is a wonderful person, uh, is, as you know, going to take some time off for family matters. And I want to thank him for his service. He's a terrific person, and uh, it's a difficult time for Pat but he's going to take a little time off for family service and and for uh for working working things out and i think you know about it you know very well about it but mark esper is going to be outstanding and we look forward to working with him for a long period of time to come
1: excuse me
0: no i didn't i didn't ask him to withdraw but he walked in this morning he said it's going to be a rough time for him Uh, because of obviously what happened but I did not ask him to withdraw. He uh, presented me with a letter this morning. That was his uh, that was his decision. I had heard about it yesterday for the first time. I didn't know about it. I had heard about it yesterday and it's it's uh, very unfortunate. Very unfortunate. No, we have a very good vetting process, and you take a look at our cabinet and our secretary is very good, but we have a, a great vetting process, but this is something that came up a little bit over the last short period of time, and uh, as you know, Pat was acting, and so acting gives you much greater flexibility, a lot easier to do things, so that's the way it is. Too bad. April? Mr.
1: President, will you
0: apologize
1: for Super 5? They've been donorated, There have been videos and movies.
0: Don't Why know do that you bring that question up now? It's an interesting time to bring it up. Uh, you have people on both sides of that. They admitted their guilt. If you look at Linda Fairstein and if you look at some of the prosecutors, uh, they think that the city should never have settled that case. So we'll leave it at that. <laughs> No, not at all. I think, uh, frankly, this could happen very quickly for Mark Esper. He's very experienced. He's uh, he's he's been around uh, all of the things that we're talking about for a very long period of time. Uh, to tell the truth about what's going on with Iran. If we go to war, why should we believe you if they want Well, we have Iran. We've been talking to various people on lots of different sides, and we'll see what happens with Iran. We're very well set. We're very well configured. We have a lot of things going on with Iran. Uh, I spoke with President Xi this morning of China. We'll be meeting at the G20, and I think that is working out pretty much as I anticipated it would. Uh, China very much wants to uh, discuss the future, and so do we. So the relationship with President Xi is a very good one. Uh, we had a long talk this morning.
1: immigration officials say they don't know anything about a planned roundup of millions of people next week. Well, they
0: know. They know. And they're going to start next week. And when people come into our country. And they come in illegally, uh, they have to go out, and everybody's seeing that. And as you know, Mexico has been doing a very good job the last four days, uh, they haven't done that in 25 years. They're doing a very good job. I appreciate the job they're doing. Guatemala, likewise, is much different than it was under past administrations, so we'll see how that works out. With all of that being said, the Democrats should get together and solve the asylum problem, which is very easy to solve. And they should solve the loophole problem, also very easy to solve. Well, this came up. This just came up. And I did the uh, nomination. This just came up, and I think we did it very quickly. Uh, Pat Shanahan was acting, and uh, we put Mark Esper in. Mark is highly experienced. I think he's going to fit in very easily. Well, let's see what he does. I can tell you that Draghi is uh, the uh, EU. If you look at what's going on with the euro, they have a much different stance than our folks do. Uh, as you know, we did something today that was very dramatic, and frankly, it uh, helped that part of the world. So we'll see what happens. They're going to be making an announcement pretty soon, so we'll see what happens. But I want to be given a level playing field, and so far I haven't been. Yeah, I, I would be allowed to speak to him very easily, I speak to him anyway say it most likely that's what I'm thinking about doing most likely pretty soon we're looking at Iran we have a lot of things going with Iran we have we're very prepared for Iran we'll see what happens but let me just say this we are very prepared regardless of what goes we are very very prepared if you look at what's taking place If you look at what they've done, if you look at — and I'm not just talking about over the last week, I'm talking about over a long period of years. They've been a nation of terror. Now we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. They are a much different country today than they were two and a half years ago when I came into office. When President Obama signed that horrible deal, they were screaming death to America. I haven't been hearing that lately. I have a meeting on that actually this afternoon before my speech. I'm going down, as you know, to a very big crowd down in Florida, Orlando. And before that, I'm having a meeting, so we'll uh, we'll be letting you know. Well I have a very good relationship with President Xi, and we'll see what happens. I think we have a chance. I know that China wants to make a deal. They don't like the tariffs. A lot of companies are leaving China in order to avoid the tariffs. I have a very good relationship with President Xi, we'll see what
1: happens.
0: Say it? Well, we'll see what happens. I think the meeting might very well go well, and frankly, our people are starting to deal as of tomorrow, the teams are starting to deal, so we'll see. China would like to make the deal, we'd like to make the deal, but it has to be a good deal for everybody. they did they changed their position so i said we're not going to do that
1: you're
0: going to find out
2: you're going to find out thank you
0: very much
2: and i also i also want to play uh you know this clip from the rally today trump uh you know just hammering hillary uh 1 2 one second. a second. Oh shit. Can
1: Hillary said, "If I win, are you going to support me?" But I must be honest, I didn't give her a great answer. <laughs> That's a very—that might have been my hardest question during this event. is it amazing that it worked the other way around? Right? is it amazing? <laughs> if you want to know how the system is rigged. Just compare how they came after us for three years with everything they had versus the free pass they gave to Hillary and her aides after they set up an illegal server, destroyed evidence, deleted and Lock her up.
2: he he is the best he is the greatest i tell you i mean he is so so funny and so clever um you know i mean just imagine though imagine if he did what she did you know he's absolutely right i mean it's and the way he takes these things and, and and translates it into such humor and is such a just a he's hilarious. I mean, he's got not only is he the greatest president in history, but he's also has the best personality ever. I mean, this guy makes me laugh every second, um, and I can tell he's having a lot of fun. That's for sure, and that's what I love to see.
6: Um, Doctor Branch, let's go ahead with you. Let's start with you. Great speech tonight. Great speech tonight. What I what I was could so you, can you hear him
2: mocking Hillary? Okay, was that clip clear enough?
6: Well, some of it was. Some of it, your yelling "lock her up" was a little was was more loud than the clip was. So, but uh, you know I, what I liked about that is you, you're absolutely right. He, he 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 has a tendency to make difficult concepts very much relatable to the average person. When he said, "If I were to have deleted, if I was under subpoena, and if I were to have deleted one email," Say it's to my lovely wife, Melania, and it's a love email, and I were to delete it. The left (laughs) would say, break out the electric chair. And I mean, you know, and that is the truth. These people are nuts on the left. What I really like tonight is I went over to Sun City, West Arizona, and for your listeners worldwide, it's a big retirement community. But they had a watch party. Now, these watch parties were all over the state and all over the nation, where people banded together to sit in front of TV sets, big screen TVs, and watch President Trump uh, deliver his speech tonight. Now, if you understand what really, in fact, happened, millions of people watch President Trump tonight. He is so Mm -hmm. energized. But if you look, Joe Biden over the weekend attended a private fundraiser at a person's house. There were more people in this person's house than there was that showed up for Biden in Iowa. There was only 150 people in Iowa. Tonight at Sun City West, a little retirement community here in Arizona, there was more than 150 people gathered together together just to watch the president. Then the polls are telling me that Trump is down by 10, 20 points. You had 200,000 people over 200,000 people waiting in the rain to hear this speech. They yeah. are fake news. It is so much of a lie. President Trump calls them out on this all the time, you know, and and, and I'm glad that, you know, every night or every, you know, every show that you put on you you allowed you know the president's accomplishment, so that people know there is an official site called promiseskept.com that yep. lists all of his accomplishment broken down by category. This man, I, I mean, you, you didn't even play the clip on how many judges President Trump put into office. Um, you know, he put in more judges into office within his first two years than anybody except George Washington. George Washington, yep. That's right. Everybody except George Washington. That's how great this president is. You want to get rid of the Ninth Circuit Court? It's really simple. We're two people away. Put Trump in for another four years, and you have a conservative Ninth Circuit Court. This man is amazing. We need to keep him in. We need to do this rally call The new rally call is keep America great, and that's what I'm I'm, I'm striving for, and this is something that I'm going to fight for until we get this guy elected. God bless President Trump.
2: Absolutely. Amen, Dr. Branch. Uh, Let's go to Mike Peters in New York. Mike Peters, go ahead.
7: I agree with the doctor about everything, and I'll tell you what, it's underscored, it means a lot to us over here. We're We're dealing with it right now in Putnam County in New York. We had Judge Jim Reitz, 57 years old, conservative judge, pro-Second Amendment. What a great man this guy was, and he died last week uh, on the bench. He had a heart attack. They tried reviving him. He died. But he was, he was standing up against a lot of it, um, and he'd already been elected, put back in office again. Um, the people loved him and everything, but Albany. The state took a look at that and they said, wait a minute, we can't have this, this judge going by the Constitution down here in this county. What, what's going on with this? So, you know what? We've decided that you're overburdened and uh, we're assigning two other judges to you from Westchester County and they're going to help you out you know, with your caseloads and uh, make sure things go smoothly. That's how it works. So they sent two liberal judges. Now all of a sudden it's not as easy to get your pistol permit in Putnam County. But that's how they work. They manipulate the courts. So what Trump is doing, as you said, by, by putting judges, keep putting them in place, they're goddogs. It's oversight for these politicians and these liberal agendas and everything else, and we need it. We need the courts. Without, until we get the courts completely back and Ginsburg takes a hike, uh, we still got to fight on our hands. And even after we take the courts back, we've got to stay vigilant and stay, keep fighting. Uh,
2: very, very well said. You're you're always on point, Mike. Uh, great, yeah, I love it. I love it, and we, we definitely need to. You're absolutely right. Um, let's go to let's let's hear from Daryl, Mister Mister Daryl King, 2024. Daryl, go ahead.
3: Well, it's a very exciting day and a great rally and a a great starting point for this campaign. And you touched on so many terrific points in your statements already. And uh, Dr. Branch, I think that that highlighted the really the key to the to the speech, and that you know really underscoring that reality of you know what Hillary got away with juxtaposed with what they went after him with, and you know I think that the American people understand that that you know without Trump it would be us. I mean he's the thing standing in their way between us and what they intend to do with us, and and the courts certainly is is probably. Aside from immigration, the single most important aspect, and Dr. Branch is absolutely correct in keying in on that, that if we get four more years, we get a conservative Supreme Court, and that provides a meaningful layer of protection that the left really will not be able to circumvent for quite some time. That that even if they were to reclaim the White House, there would be some sort of a a stopgap to protect us from their tyranny. So it's it's so critical. Um, you know, we hear them talking about actually expanding the number of justices. Of course, I don't want to suggest that it would be that it would be a, a permanent protection. We know that they are quite devious and crafty, but but that's really the, the the crux of it is you know sending these immigrants back and doing following through on that, offering at least some sort of a meaningful stopgap on, immig- on immigration. So that the party can regroup, you know, for 2024 and go into something more aggressive. But he has to, he has to put a stop to what's happening on immigration, and he has to be able to put in two more Supreme Court justices. If he's able to do that, I think his legacy is going to stand uh, pretty tall with with some of the the greats, certainly of the past century, and and perhaps some of the others as well.
2: Very well said, Daryl. Always on point, and I, I totally agree with you. Uh, let, let's go, let's Thank go, go Kevin Kuiper.
5: Well, you guys said everything that you need to say. Uh, absolute great points, and something that's very important to bring up is the fact that the Democrats could never fill a crowd like that—an absolute arena. I mean, absolutely packed. Not only to fill an arena. like It's like a rock star. It's like a. That, it's,
2: like a it, it's like going to a U2 concert or a Super Bowl. I mean, it's unbelievable. And it's such a fun event. If
5: anyone here has, ever, you know, been to one or two, <laughs> three of, yeah. of these rallies, they're so much fun.
2: <laughs> um,
1: yeah, Donald. That, I mean, Donald
2: know, Trump. Don, yeah, and face. Let's face this, Kevin. Donald Trump. And my Donald Trump is like Michael Jackson and the Beatles in terms of popularity.
5: Oh no doubt. And uh, something else too. I mean, you, you see like these Hillary Clinton little rallies, these Joe Biden, et cetera rallies. Bernie. Yeah, they, they don't get anybody, but. What you see at Trump rallies, besides the fact that the place is packed, everyone's very excited. You have people of all different ethnicities and backgrounds, and they're all very excited. They're very proud of our president. Um, But they're also camping out for what I consider a ridiculous amount of hours just to see him. I mean, actually camping out. I mean, it looked like a a tent city in in a way or a big barbecue camp out. So these people are very excited. They want nothing more than to see our president uh, get reelected. And the stakes have never been higher. And so some really important points to bring up uh, coming into this election is the fact that uh, you know Trump won very – I would say very handedly the last election. But the, as the stakes get higher, you have – the Democrats are being very sneaky and manipulative, and they're going to cheat as much as they can. I mean we saw that – um, some of the like, margins of Trump's victory in the last election was you know, Michigan by 11,000 votes. You have like Wisconsin, 23,000, Pennsylvania, 44,000, um, and some swing states like Arizona or uh, Ohio are also getting pretty close as, as well. Um, I, I don't doubt that his base has gotten much greater, uh, of course, but you also have the Democrats that are being very sneaky. There is a very important uh, bill that passed the House last week uh, by the Democrats, and this is, this is very important for everyone to know about. It's known as H.R. 6. It's also known as the American Dream and Promise Act of 2019, and it is to provide permanent citizenship status to, to everyone that's been brought into the U.S. illegally as minors, in what we know as these dreamers. And it also includes all these eligible third world uh, which are predominantly Islamic, uh, asylum seekers living in the U.S., under these various programs, like the Temporary Protected Status or Deferred Enforced Departure program, and it, it, this is a real problem because it passed the House. Now it's moving on to the Senate, um, the thirtieth of this month. And uh, the problem is, is, even though that we control the Senate, we have some turncoats on the Republican Party that uh, it doesn't look so good. I consider right. Like, I could be wrong, but um, so it's going to make it to the President's desk. I have no doubt that he won't sign it. But I mean, there's all these different. Uh, sneaky little trying to get full citizenship for these illegals that do not like our president whatsoever. They want to live in the welfare state of America that Trump's trying to prevent. And these people are going to vote not against, uh, not for a president, but for the the Democrats. And so um, it's a very important election coming up. You got to think how many Republicans in in these four years uh, have passed away, how many uh, young people, for example, have been able to vote now and they're going to predominantly vote Democrat. You also got to think all these different illegals that have come into our country and, uh, and how much they're able to, or going to vote. Uh, and also you got to think about all these election manipulation schemes going on, ballot harvesting. So there's a lot of factors going on about, uh, how this next election is going to be a real <laughs> crazy, uh, shaky election. So we definitely want to turn out the vote as much as possible. And I think Trump's doing an absolutely great job, a a fantastic start, wouldn't you think?
1: Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. He's uh, he's doing incredible things. I've never seen anything like it, my friend. I really haven't. Um, I would like to welcome to the show – I believe I have him on right now. Uh,
3: Let's see. Let me make sure.
2: Uh, Political commentator, activist, and radio show host Michael Hart. Michael, what are your thoughts on this?
8: Well, first off, hi, Rory. And I just want to tell you how excited I am that so many of your guests have referenced the the uh, the Supreme Court and the judicial branch. And, you know, Donald Trump, you know, he's, he's going to win, and he's going to win probably in a landslide. You know, the numbers certainly would indicate that, despite the polling of Joe Biden and and uh, Bernie Sanders. But, you know, the long-term legacy of any president, very oftentimes, the, to the degree that he's given the opportunity— is based upon his influence on the courts. And obviously, you know, we've got Neil Gorsuch in and and Brett Kavanaugh on the Trump as well. And there's been a lot of pressure put on the Ninth Circuit. And I'm very, very excited to to think about what impact he could have, because Ruth Bader Ginsburg is not going to make it through a second Trump term. You know, it would be absolutely miraculous if she did. Yeah. And, and, you know, and, and just so everybody knows, I'm coming to you live from the state of Alabama where, you know, our governor just passed the most stringent abortion law in America. We got chemical castration for sex offenders last week. And, you know, these are things that are not necessarily meant to be enforced, but rather meant to force the Supreme Court to deal with them. But the president also right. mentioned abortion tonight. You know, we talk about Bleach Bit and Clinton and all the things that have gone on the mother report and all the things that are real, the real red meat stuff. But one thing that's interesting about Trump, and he referenced this several times this evening, is his willingness to take on the domestic issues. And I think to a degree his posture and aggressiveness on that even emboldened people like Clarence Thomas to come out and infer – that we might be seeing a revisiting of Roe versus Wade. So we not only have a great international or foreign policy president, we also have one that is taking the the domestic issues of the day very, very, very seriously. And I'm excited to see that because there are so many things that are gonna impact this country moving forward as he deals with the rebuilding of the judicial branch and the judicial branch, you know, I realize there's been some dissension in the ranks over the years, but from from a conservative perspective, but now they seem to be kind of folding back in line. We heard a lot of that this evening. One of your callers and your guests actually mentioned if you've ever been around a Trump rally. I've been to several of them. I've been with the president a couple of different times. And, you know, he's absolutely one of the most affable, likable guys you can imagine. He speaks directly to the people, but he speaks to the things that are important to us. Because at the end of the day, you know, the president of the United States will have less of an impact on your life than your local judge, your appellate judge, your your state Supreme Court. And he's taking that relationship very seriously. And this is where we get the phraseology that all politics is local, and this is a president that understands that concept and is moving forward with it. I find that very invigorating and exciting at the exact same time.
2: Very, very well said. And, uh, you know, I, I was reading about the uh, law in Alabama, what they'll do to pedophiles if pedophiles you know mess around with children please please explain that you live there so i'd love for you to you talk about that we were just talking about this the other day
8: well basically if you've been convicted of a sex offense against a child 13 years of age or younger uh, within 1 month of you being released from prison you begin the process it's it's not a it's not an event it's a process of chemical castration where you're no longer able to to be polite about it, do it. And so, when you leave prison, you have to continue through these therapies where you're no longer able to, well, do it. And the idea here is that anybody that's convicted in the state of Alabama will lose their their, not just reproductive rights, but their ability to, you know, to engage in relations. This is on top of, of course, the abortion law. Which, you know, fines and imprisons abortion providers, which quite frankly will not be enforced. The governor's even admitted that to me in person. The idea is that the Supreme Court to deal with it. But that's exactly what's going on in the state of Alabama because the Democrats are hell bent, Rory, and you know this. If they can't get their way through their tantrum throwing, they toss it in front of a judge. Well, the state of Alabama is meeting that challenge by forcing the Supreme Court, or at least attempting to force the Supreme Court, to take up the issue of when life is life, as well as the whether or not the Constitution prevents against cruel and unusual punishment. Well, you know, it, it, when, when when Donald Trump came to to Alabama some years ago, and Jeff Sessions was with him, Alabama has nine electoral votes. We're a, we're a punk little state here we had not been politically astute or savvy or influential for decades but all of a sudden we're emboldened because of that because it was actually in alabama where trump decided that sessions was going to be his attorney general and believe me those of us in the state of alabama went oh yeah whatever you know we're more disappointed in sessions than anybody in the country but the point is alabama was very much emboldened by that and our state motto was we dare defend our rights well he- come hell or high water the state of Alabama has decided not to defend our rights, but to defend the rights of the unborn and to lead that charge. And, and President Trump has a great relationship with the local politicians, and we're doing just that. And we're doing things that make absolutely certain that people realize that not only is pedophilia a, a sexual crime, but so is abortion, and we're going to lead the charge on that. And I'll tell you what, you know what really was
2: disturbing is there were Democrats – in in alabama legislation that we're trying to say oh this is too inhumane no you want to know what's inhumane trying to mess around with little kids that's what's inhumane and if somebody does this i think that law should be put into place everywhere i think it's totally inappropriate beyond inappropriate it's beyond you know just what what they're doing to kids is, is the inhumane part but you know them paying the consequence nothing inhumane about that what are your thoughts
8: Absolutely not. You know, people need to realize that when Barack Obama was president of the United States, he actually appointed a guy by the name of Kevin Jennings. Kevin was the safe schools czar, and Kevin was also an admitted homosexual. Kevin was an advocate of a guy by the name of Harry Hay. Hay was one of the founders of an organization called NAMBLA, North American Man-Boy Love Association, which advances the notion of homosexual relationships between teenage boys and adult males. The, the Democrat Party is – they are consumed with aberrant sexual behavior. And in the state of Alabama – look, look, Rory, I am no prude. I drink bourbon out of a straw. You know, I mean, the the bottom line here is, you know, everybody's, you know, everybody's mature. We're all adult here in the state of Alabama. We're not a bunch of backwoods, snake-handling Southern Baptists. You know, we do our stuff just like anybody else does. But when you start diddling around with a teenager, I'm sorry, there is something completely abhorrent about that and aberrant about that. And we see that in the state of Alabama because we're conservative, but we're not blindly conservative. We realize... But that our values are, are steeped in what's taught to us by the Lord, but they're also steeped in biology. And at the end of the day, if anybody that's an adult is going to sexually abuse a minor, that's, that's, that's beyond a sexual crime. It's a mental illness, and we intend to do everything in our power to eradicate it to the degree that we can.
2: Yeah, you're, at, you're absolutely right, and we, we will get more into this uh, later into the sh- later in the show. Uh I do want to welcome um right now uh to the show uh, we have business mogul coal miner activist and c e o for american resources corporation mark c jensen mark welcome to the show. thanks for being here
4: hey Rory thanks for having me on
2: absolutely uh your first time here so what what I like to do with all my guests when they first come on uh Tell me a little bit about yourself tell me about what you're doing how it all started for you all the all the different things you've been through the great stuff yeah how you got absolutely. to where you are
4: um so we are American Resources, we're a management founded company just listed on the Nasdaq, uh one of the fastest growing metallurgical coal producers in the country. So what we do, we we produce metallurgical coal that goes into the steel industry. So think anything right. infrastructure, bridges, tunnels, uh roads, any, anything that keeps the country productive and safe from an infrastructure perspective.
2: Very nice, man. Fun stuff. So tell tell me you know you obviously you're you're the, this, you're the CEO of of this company and i looked it up i mean you guys have done a lot of big stuff you know explain explain to everybody what uh, what the curriculum is and what you guys are are up to on a regular basis
4: yeah yeah basically i mean we, so we've closed on seven acquisitions in the met coal sector um yeah. in the last 3 years and yeah basically what we're doing is we're buying and restructuring and making more efficient the mining operations that a lot of these big legacy companies have done a poor job of running and running them more efficiently so that at the end of the day, we can get product to our customers faster and more efficient and at a lower cost of what they're able to
2: do. it. Nice. Nice. So, so coal mining, I mean, is this something that ran in your family? I mean, was this something that uh, you grew up and and kind of took after or or how, what made you uh, get involved?
4: Yeah, no. We uh, so I mean I come from a small family business background, huge family. Uh, nothing to do with coal yeah. mining. I'm from upstate Indiana originally, and uh, okay. got into the mining industries because I mean I believed I traveled all throughout the world and believe in the growth of infrastructure and think that even with the the negativity that people try to place a, as a broad brush against our industry, that you can't replace coal. There's there's absolutely no replacement for metallurgical coal when it comes to steel making and there is no replacement for steel when it comes to infrastructure.
2: Now, now explain to the audience how well do you think our president has done with the with the coal industry? Pretty, pretty damn well, right? Pretty, pretty uh, fantastic compared to other past leaders, right? I mean, there's a lot of, especially Obama. I mean, he wanted to eliminate that
4: industry. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when, I mean, President Trump's done a great job from a perception perspective of of helping support. And and provide truth to the American people of what the coal industry does for our society. I mean, that's one thing that Obama wanted to uh, attack the industry and and throw rhetoric out there that were really built on fallacies. And and Trump's done a good job of of communicating the real truth and and what we bring to the country and and what we bring to the people. Yeah,
2: yeah, absolutely, and and I love that. And you know, I what what are your thoughts? Because I, I I saw the uh you know you've commented many times on the on the ridiculous and absurdity of the green new deal uh ex- explain- you know explain to the audience just i mean you know this better than anybody this isn't it you know this is something that uh you know
4: you're in coal mining you know you know all
2: about the b s that a o c is trying to spew
4: oh i mean you go to a o c you go to michael bloomberg and Bernie the fallacies that are and bernie and and all the rest the fallacies that they are throwing out there is just a joke i mean. It, it, it's really a disservice to the American people that they're trying to use fear to win votes, and, and so she can get her four thousand five hundred dollars raise. She wants to scare the hell out of people. Or, I apologize, but she wants to scare people and try to mm-hmm. get them to vote for her and vote for her people purely right. by making them fearful of something that's not real. Oh, it's very, it's very true, and, and you know, <laughs> just the absurdity
2: of you know and, and you know the, all their all their myths all their crap that they they put out there to the sheep their voters and, about global warming and all this crap about you know the the falsehoods of, of of coal mining and you know I, you know let's face it i mean the, the coal mining industry gives so many people so many opportunity and jobs and it's not detrimental or fatal in the sense or in the way that the democrats try to try to you know put it out there
4: well, and, and take it one step further. I mean, so we've, I mean, obviously, I'm very proud of the 237 jobs we've created in the last year and a half, two years, and the six, seven hundred jobs we're going to be creating in the next two years at my company alone. But what's a joke about it is they're out there attacking the industry, yet, Michael Bloomberg and AOC and Bernie Sanders and all the rest can't go one hour of one day without touching something that's made from coal. And yet, at this, they're trying to say that we need to get rid of it. Michael Bloomberg, his buildings are all made of coal. His computer chips were made of coal. Um, the the ridiculousness of what they spew it, and the hypocrisy behind it is just such a joke. I mean, it's it's not it's not based on any factual information. It's just really trying to scare people.
2: Yeah, and, and you know, let, let's face the facts that you know these people, like you just said they 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 would use coal on a regular basis and they don't practice what they preach it's do as i say but not as i do and then the only the only thing i can think of is the reason they keep pushing these sort of narratives like like messing with the coal industry is because they got so much money with special interests backing them don't you agree
4: no 100% i mean that's that they're getting all the donations and i mean if you go back to obama's era during his first term election did he talk about climate change at all no He didn't start talking about it until he was running for a second term because nobody wanted to vote for him. So he had to go on this fear factor rage and all of a sudden become this alarmist that the world was coming to an end and you need to vote for me because otherwise people are going to actually continue to use the products that has made this country great. Um, I mean, and then turn it even to another level. I mean, on the utility generation side, the the United States spent $52 billion subsidizing wind and solar last year. Do you know how much power that generated for all of the United States? 3%. Three percent. We spent three percent. We generated three percent of our electric, electricity generation using wind and solar last year, and spent fifty-two billion dollars subsidizing it. And you know who all those people are going to vote for? Obviously, the, the the liberals out there that are trying to support this stuff and spewing these lies.
2: Yeah, and it, it's it's terrible. It really is. And explain, you know, you you've been in this industry obviously a long time, you know. Explain how the the industry is now and how well it's doing Mm -hmm. compared to previous years. I mean, are are we looking at probably some of the best times for coal at this point?
4: Yeah, I mean, we are. I mean, one, we're looking at an environment. I mean, these coal miners are some of the hardest working people you'll ever meet. I mean, they love their jobs. They want to do nothing else. This is generational. And they get paid great money. I mean, they, they get paid very good pay for what they do. Yet at the same point, what I take pride in is is the safety side of it, I and mean, we we have an extremely strong safety record because we are using new technologies, we're using new pr- principles, new policies, and and new equipment that enables our men to stay safe. So, I mean, people try to scare and say that it's a really unsafe industry. No, it's safe because the quality of the people operating in it do a good job, and they know they know the risks and they stay away from the the problem problem areas. I mean, but everybody wants to all. The the Democrats want to go out there and attack it and and attack the safety side of it when not only are these much safer jobs than they were 30, 40 years ago, but it's also – we're also creating the products that keep America safe. I mean I have a three-year-old boy. I'm going to put him in a car seat that's made from American steel. Why? Because it's the highest quality steel in the world because it's using American coal, which is the highest quality coal in the world. And yet we're going to try to take that away. Everything that keeps this society safe, it's ludicrous.
2: You're you're absolutely right. Very well said. And and are you seeing a lot more since Trump's been in office that you know we're using a lot more U.S. coal and, and rather than importing importing and you know getting it from other 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 countries?
4: Yeah, I mean we are. I mean this, it's the the fact that I mean the tariffs, the trade the trade deals that he's renegotiating. I mean he believes in American exceptionalism, and he is supporting right. that. I mean he's protecting our IP, but he's also protecting the jobs in this country. And, and from our perspective, the fact that we are importing so much Chinese-made steel, which is just a low-quality product, now we're using more U.S. US steel. I mean US, U.S. Steel, the company itself, is investing $1.4 billion to rebuild one of their facilities to create a, a huge number of high-paying jobs and buy more American-made, American-made steel or produce more American-made steel made from American-made coal. We can have faith right, in that right. field That it's when you're driving through those bridges, they're going to support you.
2: I uh, I know I know you have to go here in about a minute or so, but I do want to uh, ask
4: you before you go,
2: and I uh, I, I want to ask uh, what what are the latest projects you're going to be working on? And I de- will definitely get you back because I know probably my panel has questions for you. And I wish we could keep you longer, but I know you got to go to another interview here in like the next minute or so. So uh, what what are like the latest projects you're working on?
4: Yeah, absolutely. Um we have uh so we have five mines producing today. We have seven new mines in in development as we speak, which will it'll increase our labor force by almost 400 more jobs. Um uh, we're super excited about rolling those out here in the next year. Um we're looking at a couple other acquisitions. I mean, we're we're just taking the opportunity to continue to expand our business given the demand for our product not only domestically but worldwide. I mean, we produce coal that goes over to Turkey, India, Croatia because they need the quality of coal that we produce in this country. I mean, we're and and at the end of the day, the beautiful thing about it is we're using it's American citizens that are producing this coal, creating the jobs for them, and at the end of the day, then also creating all those ancillary jobs that are around it. We're super proud of it, super excited about it.
2: I love it, man. I love it. And uh, please, please tell everybody where they can connect with you.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, On our website, uh, AmericanResourcesCorp.com and on there we have an uh, investor relations contact page on there. Uh, Definitely can reach out to us through there, obviously on social media, um, which you can get the links directly off our website. Uh, Love to interact with anybody that has any questions about what we're doing and, and also the industry itself. I mean, and the, and the uses of coal that, that from all the different products that are produced from our coal that we generate here in the United States.
2: Sounds good, my friend. And, uh, we really appreciate having you on and, uh, we will definitely have you back sometime soon so we can have you talk to the whole panel.
4: Thank I I appreciate it and I look forward to getting back on here and speaking with you again. Thanks for the time.
2: All right. All right, thank you. Thank you. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Mark. Have a good night. Sounds good. Thank you, you too. Bye. Bye. We will we'll be we'll be right back everybody. Stay with us.
9: TGI Friday's famous sizzling entrees that you know and love like chicken, shrimp, and cheese just got even hotter. With new delicious tastes like whiskey flat iron steak and the tastiest sizzling street noodles. Hurry in. Now starting at only $10. We bring the sizzle like no other. New sizzling entrees starting at $10.
3: TGI Friday's, the home of endless apps. Endless apps every night,
6: 9 p.m. to close.
7: I didn't think anything was going to work for me until I
10: tried Chantix. Chantix, along with support, helps you quit smoking. Chantix
7: reduced my urge to smoke. I needed that to quit.
10: Tell your health care provider if you've had depression or other mental health problems. Decrease alcohol use while taking Chantix. Use caution when driving or operating machinery. The most common side effect is nausea.
9: I can't tell you how good it feels to have smoke
10: behind me. Talk to your doctor about Chantix. And we
2: are back. The Rory Sodder Show, coast to coast, worldwide. Listened to now in 24 different countries on nearly 70 online platforms. And everybody, if you miss any past clips, past episodes or any twenty four seven breaking news coverage, please visit our media site the next n e x gen g e and like i said, uh in about a month or so, about a month and a half, uh we will be uh, launching uh, this brand new uh t v network uh that we're merging with the current media site the next gen u s a and uh, we will be having many notable names doing their own shows and like i said uh my good friend uh, and America's Tepa Sheriff, Joe Arpaio, will be uh, the face of this uh, new TV, TV network that we're putting together, along with Robert Spencer. Uh, both of those guys have millions of followers and uh, have been in, in the industry for a long, long time. And I can't, uh, I can't thank everybody that's involved enough. And uh, we are raising a lot of money because we want this to live to the highest potential. And, you know, go go to the highest extent. I mean, this this needs to be uh, perfection and done right. And uh, it definitely is the greatest timing uh, with political season here and uh, everybody getting in tune with all their favorite political programs and uh, being so focused on all the different, you know, shows and candidates and all the different news. It's all fun stuff. Fun, fun, fun stuff. Um. I wanna I wanna get into and I, and I do gotta introduce a, another guest here shortly, but I, I wanna get uh, everybody's thoughts on the pa- Everybody's thoughts um, on the panel, and you know, with what came out about Hillary Clinton today, uh, it, I tell you, I mean, it's just more and more with this woman. I mean, this woman is absolutely the worst of the worst. I don't think there's any female ever as corrupt as, as her, not even the queen. And we know we know the royal family is pretty damn corrupt, and that's just one example. There's so many corrupt females uh, around, but I, I think Hillary might be the worst. I've never, I mean, I've never seen anybody, you know, use their power to the to this level of uh, of dirtiness. I mean, this is the worst of all worst. Um, the State Department outlined 23 violations and seven infractions involving at least 15 individuals in the general handling of the Clinton emails. They were detailed in a report sent to Chuck Grassley, who put, pushed the inquiry earlier in the year. Uh, quote unquote To this point, the department has assessed culpability to 15 individuals, some of whom were culpable in multiple security incidences. The State Department's Assistant Secretary in the Bureau of Legislative Affairs, Mary Elizabeth Taylor, wrote in a letter to Grassley, uh, DS has issued 23 violations and seven infractions. Uh, Taylor added that the numbers cited will likely change as the review continues. In every instance in which the department found an individual to be culpable of a valid security violation or three or more infractions, the department forwarded the outcome to the Bureau of Diplomatic Securities Office of Personal Security and Suitability to be placed in the individual's office security file. All valid security incidences are reviewed by DS and taken into account every time an individual's eligibility for access to classified information is considered. I'm just I'm just going through this guy so everybody's aware. The department did not release the name of the violators, but noted that the disciplinary disciplinary action is outstanding. This referral occurred whether or not the individual was currently employed with the Department of State, and such security files are kept indefinitely. Consistent with the referral policy for individuals who were still employed with the department at the time of the uh, adjudication, the department referred all valid security violations. To or multiple infractions to the Bureau of Human Resources. During the peak of the controversy, Clinton said she did not send or receive any emails marked classified on her secure server, but it was ultimately discovered that she used numerous personal devices and transmitted a number of emails containing classified information and top-secret information. However, former FBI Director James Comey determined she was extremely careless and did not recommend further action during the highly anticipated July 15th 2016 news conference. The ongoing email probe is taking longer than initially expected, but it should wrap up by September 1st. Given the volume of emails provided to the Democrat, the the Department, former former Secretary Clinton's private email server, the let let me let me say that again. Given the volume of emails provided to the Department. From former Secretary Clinton's private email server, the department's process has been necessarily more complicated and complex, requiring a significant dedication of time and resources, Taylor wrote. President Trump reacted to the latest development in a tweet earlier Tuesday morning calling it really big, quote-unquote. Wow, the State Department said it has identified 30 security incidences involving current or former employees and their handling of crooked Hillary Clinton emails. Uh, this is really big, he continued. Never admitted before. Highly classified material. Will the Dems investigate this? Quote unquote from Trump. So, guys, I mean we we are seeing more and more a, you know, A. G. Barr obviously is doing a lot of helping with the with situation and, and a bunch of other people obviously in Trump's corner. But, you know, we have the Russia the Russia hoax stuff coming out. We've got Hillary Clinton's crap coming out. Uh, don't forget that uh, Tom Fitton came out the other day and he said a, a bunch of things, uh, you know, in, in the in, in the in the Hillary Clinton uh, you know email documents and stuff. Stuff just went vanishing all of a sudden. I forget exactly what the article was, but it was out the other day, and a bunch of uh, documents uh, from from her email uh, that were uh, looked at uh, went missing. Uh, so this is this is very very weird stuff at this point. And uh you know, if this was President Trump, uh the left would be screaming bloody murder. I mean, this is the fact that the Democrats get this double standard and, and get all these privileges and, and you know we do it, and we're you know we're we we're, we're the ones that are you know the people held accountable, but if they do it, they get away with it it's it's disgusting, it's so un American uh, Dr. Branch, go ahead, and don't forget, don't forget everybody. The thousands and thousands of emails that were destroyed, bleach bit. I mean, I and, and there, the media wants to justify, the liberal media says, oh, well, you know, it, it's not that bad. Are, are you kidding me? Dr. Branch, go ahead.
6: And she was under subpoena. That is exactly. the key. They wanted those emails. She bleach bit it, then took sledgehammers to it. It, it, I mean, remember all the cell phones? She, she insisted they are all destroyed. And, you know, I, it, Trump alluded to, President Trump alluded to today at, during his speech. And, you know, if this was Trump, if Trump were to have done this, the Democrats would be out there with their their pink hats on and pitchforks demanding, demanding that he be removed from office. But this was Hillary Clinton. This is Hillary Clinton. But the worst part is, it's the Department of Justice. And to me, uh, you know, this 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 all had to do, like you said many times on this show, Rory. If Hillary Clinton would have won, we would have never known about any of this. None Nothing. Of this we would have known about everything. Would
2: have been a secret. And even even the even all the pedophiles like in Hollywood, it would have never came out because they were giving Hillary and the Democrats all this money. I mean, we have so many things that have it, came out because of Trump.
6: Because of President Trump, and the debt that Americans owe to this current president is is, is you know I I don't even set, see how we could pay it back because right. we were called conspiracy nuts. We were co- called conspiracy yep. theorists. Uh, yep. You know, oh, we don't want to take your guns away Remember remember your, your favorite President Barack Hussein Obama saying Hey, if you like Damn your health care, don't worry about it You can keep it No, you couldn't keep it It's gone It was a lie Everything they told us was a lie But like you said at the beginning of your show There's many people out there that would rather be lied to But feel good about being lied to Than be told the truth And President Trump is telling us the truth. And you know the the thing is is about this. You know, President Trump alluded to the fact again today during his speech that A. G. Barr is the man looking into this. A. G. Barr will get to the bottom of this. And just having this announcement today uh, shows that we are making progress. And you know, chance of lock her up happened today as well. And, you know, President Trump allowed it. He just turned, walked around and let people, you know, lock her up because that's what has to happen. People need to be held accountable, Uh, you know, and, you know, to me, I hope that it happens soon. Uh, But I understand this is a political season. The campaign just kicked off. So, you know, maybe we're waiting till later on this year. I don't know. But I'd like to see it happen quickly.
2: Absolutely. Very, very well said. And you're you're absolutely right. And, you know, I, I just have, I've never, I've never seen anything like it. I've never seen anything like it. And I will say this, uh, A.G. Barr, you know, is in the, is in the talks, I think, of perhaps one of the greatest attorney generals of all time. Don't you agree? I mean, everything that, you know, he's putting forth and, and what he's doing, I've never, I haven't
6: seen any attorney
2: general work this hard for the American people
4: and get to the truth.
6: Well, and I do too and, and when you look at a g Barr when he sat in the uh and sat and listened to uh gave testimony uh to the house, and they just attacked him. he just sat there calmly knowing that he had the law on his side, and he knows that he has the hammer that's going to come down on top of them. Uh, you know, as your guest was saying from Alabama and, and by the way, you know, I have a a place down there and you follow Alabama and I love Alabama, but Jeff Sessions was not the guy we needed. And when he recused himself, that was a, that was a betrayal. Eric Holder never recused himself, you know, and, 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 you know, it just would have never happened, uh. You know, I, I think Barack Obama would have been locked up if Eric Holder would have accused recused himself, but he didn't. And uh, for Jeff Sessions to do that, uh, you know, it, it to me was a betrayal. But but I respect Barr. I respect the job that he's doing. And uh,
4: yeah.
6: man, you know, it, 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 I, I'm I'm looking for a reckoning. That's what I'm looking for. And I know it will happen under this president and AG Barr. Very well said. Uh, Michael
2: Hart. Let's go to Michael Hart. Go ahead, sir.
8: Well, you know, Rory, I am – I'm a historian, and I've been writing for many, many years, and I've written books on all the myths of American history. And, you know, Abraham Lincoln was quoted as saying, more rogues than honest men have found comfort under habeas corpus. And the reality of it is I don't know what's going to happen with Hillary Clinton because, you know, Donald Trump – He not only exposed the deep state and the depth of it, but I don't know that he exposed necessarily at this point the history of it. And the reality of it is Washington, D.C., inside the Beltway, has been corrupt for literally over a century. And so there's going to be a lot of heads that are going to roll, a lot of prices that are going to be paid. And, you know, when Donald Trump said he wanted to drain the swamp, for all of his intuitiveness, I'm not convinced that even he knew how deep it was. You know, you can go back to the Woodrow Wilson administration. It's such a big pileup yeah, I mean, for like forty, fifty, sixty abs- years. I mean, it's, you know. Absolutely, absolutely. And I and, and I, I do I think you know I'll agree with the doctor. I think that something's going to happen, but you know, every time I predicted a time frame, I've been proven woefully wrong because it, you know these things just take time to unfold because Donald Trump. I don't think Donald Trump's going to end much as far as a deep state, but he's certainly in, he invigorated it and he started it because the reality of it is even going back to you know what Lincoln's referring to is the corruption in government. And we've had corruption in government since, you know, right after, you know, the the turn of the 19th century. And it's going to take some time to clean all this up. You know, Trump will be reelected. I mean, it'll be a landslide. I'll talk to my wife about that tonight.
6: And then hopefully,
8: you know, Pence will pick up the mantle from there. And, And I'm hoping this becomes generational. Is Hillary Clinton a crook? Hillary Clinton is the John Gotti of politics. My God, I mean, she's one of the most corrupt females we've ever seen or corrupt politicians we've ever seen in this nation's history. Will we get her this time around? I'll be honest with you, Rory. I'm not optimistic about that, but I do think what will happen— is we will create an environment where there won't be any future Hillary Clintons. Because at the end of the day, there are too many power players that are also guilty by association with what's going on in the Clinton White House, because let's face facts, let's be realistic about this. You know, there's a lot of degradation on on the Democrat left, but there are, there's accomplices on the right as well. It's going to take some time to clean all this up. Hillary Clinton is just the start, but I don't necessarily know how good I feel about her going down and go actually ending up in prison because she's just got too many supporters. But I will say this, the, the, the plays and the concerts and the Hillary and Bill tours and all that, that is a propaganda tour to shore her up for public opinion. Will she actually go down? I don't necessarily see it, but I do think that we are seeing a situation in this country where there won't be any future Hillary's. Very,
2: very well said. And I, I, I agree with you. Uh, let's go to Mike Peters. Mike Peters, go ahead.
7: I, I'm holding my breath sitting here, hoping that Barr comes out and really starts indicting a lot of people, dragging a lot of people into court. I, I, not just Hillary. I think a lot of them should be dragged in because that'll send a message, not just to the Democrats, but all of the United States nationwide, that there is something called accountability. And that uh, the courts are working again, and the law and law means something, the rules mean something, and then you can't get away with it. but I just I really hope that the investigation that they're doing, that they get some great stuff, and they end up dragging these people in i I'm, I'm still waiting I'm, I don't know I've been nervous now because we haven't heard anything about the uh what's been going on because they wanted to look into what the beginnings of the uh, Russia gate work. I haven't heard anything. It's been overshadowed by what's going on in Iran and the election and everything else. I haven't heard anything. I'm just sitting back, hoping.
2: Yeah. Amen. Amen. Me too. Uh, let's go to Let's go to Daryl. Daryl, go ahead.
3: Yeah. I have so many great comments, and both of your guests tonight just bring really remarkable insight and clarity to the conversation. And it was very encouraging to hear some. Uh, to hear some front lines reports from someone directly from Alabama. Alabama, as, as we've discussed tonight, has shown such tremendous uh, leadership on social issues. I would like to see something I've talked about. We talked about the other night. I've championed the idea of uh, you know, prosecuting anyone that sexually propagandizes deviancy to children. And I think that that's the type of legislature that a state like Alabama could continue to show leadership on. And that's something that I would like to see you know, pushed to the Supreme Court is what exactly is this thing where we're propagandizing homosexuality and transgenderism to, uh, to children? And let's have a fact-based discussion about what terms like deviancy actually mean. You know, this is not, It's not intended to be hurtful to anyone. This is a, a, this is a term. It has a meaning. It means to deviate from what is normal. And uh, you know, when we go back to defining terms correctly – this is exactly what we need the courts for. The idea is exactly correct to push these ideas to the court so that they have to uh, render judgment upon what, where exactly does life begin and what, what, what do these terms actually mean. So I'd like to see that something added to the mix. Of course, we've talked about doing that on a federal level. Uh, really important topics. Yeah, Hillary Clinton, this is we, – we continue to talk night in and night out about the witch hunt of Donald Trump. And and then you know going uh, the the irony about that of course is the actual legitimate crimes that Hillary Clinton committed and still has not faced penalties for, even under a a Republican administration, and this is where, you know this is where it gets so remarkable to where even when we control the government I mean, for the first two years we controlled it you know unilaterally, it still felt like we're the opposition party. I mean, how is that possible? How is it possible that we won the election? Their candidate committed actual crimes, ours didn't, and we've spent the last two years investigating us How is that how is that i mean and I don't think that that's because you know Trump is weak or a wimp or anything like that. I think Trump is fighting a good fight, and I think that's a testament to the to the true power of the deep state the the true muscle that they exert over the entire political process it's It's remarkable and I think that with Barr, he finally has somebody that is willing to uh, to really fight back in a meaningful way. And I'm hopeful now that over the next two years, that momentum sort of shifts and the drip, drip, drip stops being about the Russia and the collusion, and the drip, drip, drip goes back to where it belongs, which is to the corruption of the Democrats. And you know, this becomes something that becomes very politically opportunistic. Kevin earlier, I think you might have seen the same uh, Ramsey Paul tweet that I that I saw earlier today. The figures that he cites is absolutely correct. I mean, we get very excited about the Trump coalition, and and certainly, but but again, the reality that the Democrats look at is they're looking they're they're crunching the numbers, and you know they're looking at Pennsylvania, and in 2020 there are less aging uh, white farmers. Pennsylvania is a huge state. It's a huge state. Okay, I have a mountain house up in the Poconos. You can drive like nine hours to get to Pittsburgh. It's a huge state. And most of that state is farmland and just beautiful stuff. But you have these cities, you have your Philadelphias and, you know, these places. And, you know, the inner city populations and the inner city culture is dragging the country and with it all of Western civilization down the drain. So the Democrats look to this and they say, you know, the issues don't really matter. It's a numbers game. There's more. Mm -hmm. There's 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 so and so many more, uh, you know, children living under single parent households with five kids fathered by four different men in downtown Philadelphia, and there's so and so many less farmers living in you know Hamlin, Pennsylvania, and so I, I don't think that it is uh, I, I I actually I kind of want to hear more from the gentleman from Alabama because I I could tell that he everything that he says is is, uh, you know, he's, he's not firing off the cup. You're speaking off of factual basis. So I, I actually kind of want to hear more about why you have such a uh, such a strong view. he uh, sort of said passively that, that Trump is certainly going to win, and it sounds like you almost in a bigger way than he did in 2016. So I'm curious yes. to see kind of how you're seeing those numbers play out and where you're seeing him expanding in those key states, those Belt states, and the swing states, obviously, which he you, you more or less swept in 2016 in such a remarkable feat. Where are you seeing this, these pickups coming from? And, you know, how does that shake out to giving you such tremendous optimism that, that you spoke to for, for 2020? And I don't mean to sound pessimistic. I'm optimistic as well. But it's, it's tempered with, uh, you know, the, the very sober reality, which Kevin very eloquently pointed to earlier in the evening.
2: Uh, yeah, I'll let I'll let you answer, Michael Hart. I'll let you answer this, and then uh, I'll I'll move on to the next
8: person. But go ahead. Well, there's several things that come to mind. You know, number one, you know, I I have been with Trump at at, at several events, and, and recently where the the rally attendance numbers have been obscene. I mean, to the point where I've gone to. You know conference centers where you know accommodated thirty thousand people, and one hundred and fifty or two hundred thousand people have shown up. And I'm not talking about tonight. I'm talking about in Alabama. In addition to that, you know, I've been a talk radio host. You know, I, I do a podcast on, on my, my, my website, heartofamerica dot net, but I've been a terrestrial podcast uh, I'm sorry, a terrestrial radio host for years. I have many African American friends that are very devout Trump supporters and they're telling me within their communities that people are, are discussing things related to supporting of Trump and, and the way their family members are shifting. My own children, I have three children whose mother, you know, was a, a very you know devout Clinton supporter who have all more or less woken up in the last few years and, and, and seen the light of truth. And I do a lot of traveling around the country and, and the reality of it is, you know, you gotta bear in mind something The Democrats tend to be very vocal, particularly in their minority approach to things. But conservatives tend to be quite quiet very frequently. And what people say in polls, very oftentimes they will change their direction when they actually go to the voting place to cast their ballot. And we've seen this play itself out time and time and time again. I guess the bottom line to answer your question is people that were so anti-Trump, at least in my universe, people that were so anti-Trump Two years ago, three years ago, four four years ago. Pardon me. I'm seeing make a conversion as they are coming to the reality of what's going on in this country. I don't. I can't point to any polls, but you know you got to bear in mind something here. And I know I'm getting tight on time, and I'm I'm it. I get that. And Roy, I'll be quick. But the reality of it is, when I'm 58 years old, when we were growing up, polls took place in the mail. They took place in the phone. They took place in, in the public forum. But now polls are done online, and and, and in many cases, you're seeing people responding to polls. That are, you know, they're, they're younger, they're millennial, they are, they are delivering their data, their responses, their information in a, in a methodology that people of my generation don't appreciate and don't understand. The point is, is that it's very easy to skew the, the polls in this internet-driven world that we're in today. But in all the people that I know, all the places that I've been, all the re- rallies that I've been to, and all the Trump events that I've been to, the numbers and the enthusiasm has been absolutely positively overwhelming can i point to something scientific absolutely not but can i point to something that you know it's a feeling it's an intuitive gut thing i absolutely can and because and because i travel around the country and i'm exposed to these groups in denver and utah and, and los angeles and new york it's even my you know so many of my family members i'm the only conservative in my family my sister worked for loretta lynch the other one worked for the, you know, for the Veterans Administration. Even they are turning turning t- coats, so to speak. And so, you know, I'm seeing it on a lot of different levels, not just in the state of Alabama. Rory, unfortunately, I've got to go because I've got another media hit, but I do want to make one last really super quick point. Talking about yeah. pedophilia in Alabama and chemical castration and, and, and what's going on with the abortion thing, I don't know that y'all know this, and I'm not going to put it out there as fact. But I've lived in Alabama for the better part of 50 years of my life, and considering all the things that are going on with aberrant sexual behavior in this in this state in this country, and what your what your other guest has spoken to, I don't know if y'all know this or not, and I don't have any proof about it, but it's been a long time belief in the state of Alabama. The governor of the state of Alabama, Kay Ivey, is gay. She's homosexual. And we have a lot of reason to believe that, and the reason that I bring that up is so many of the sexual things that are being discussed under this administration and laws to protect the most innocent and the abortion are being signed off by a woman that you would think would be very supportive of those particular uh, you know, initiatives and policies, but yet she's not because although she's possibly lesbian and like I said the evidence is empirical but it's also very circumstantial and at the same time overwhelming even she sees how incorrect and wrong and detrimental to society that they are and so you know with that said Roy I got to check out with you real quick I hope that answered the uh, the other guest yeah. question but at the end of the day yeah. I'm predicting a massive Trump landslide very nice and please tell everybody where they can connect with you we're on monday through friday the website is heart, H-A-R-T, heart net 9 a.m. Eastern time. Please call the program, but every single day of the week in the morning. I know it's in the morning, but, you know, we're on the other, all the usual podcast platforms. Not as big as you are, Rory, but, uh, you know, we're checking along and trying to grow. But heartofamerica.net. All right. Thank you, my friend. We'll have you back soon.
2: Thank you, Roy. Uh Kevin, go ahead. Well,
5: first off, I can't be more impressed and uh, so obviously gracious about Alabama, how they've been a beacon of light for the country in passing all these different social conservative reforms within their state. And Amen. even though they're not refor- – yeah, they're not enforceable per se, but just the fact that they're going to land in the Supreme Court is such an important issue because it will cause a precedent uh, that will affect the entire country. And it will give uh, a test as to these uh, Supreme Court justices – that Trump has uh, nominated and have made it onto the Supreme Court. And uh, I've particularly not enjoyed um, Kavanaugh because of his Patriot Act and uh, a few other not very conservative. He's So the point is we were going to actually test to see uh, how conservative our, our Supreme Court is and if we need to add more, which I think we should add more conservatives. And so back to the initial topic, I think it's uh, so refreshing to see how we've actually had a progression – as to bringing Hillary Clinton and her cronies to indictment, And this is so important because this right. is one of the top three Trump campaign promises, and this is what I would say that most people are very excited about. I mean, every single Trump rally you go to, that's one of the main things that's chanted, lock her up, lock her up. This is so important because if someone like her can cause all these different atrocities to our government and how our system works and get away with it, Well, it's not a a real justice system. It's not a real governance uh, system. So it's a a big problem to see people get away with it. And she's been going around the country, even around the world, doing these apology tours, trying to get public opinion on her side. And every single mainstream news outlet has said this, the fact that, oh, if she were to be locked up, this would be a threat to our democracy. This is, you know, quote unquote, you know, con man Trump's presidency that is just a doing away with his political opponents it's absolutely absurd but this is what they're saying so uh, just the fact that you could have someone like her if she were indicted I, I wouldn't doubt that the democrats would have even more major protests and uh even violent reactions than they've had before and i mean you see this even at the, the very low level of um government or in your local communities uh, i mean i've firsthand witnessed uh Various there's been cases where uh, cops had killed a uh, suspect, like an armed suspect or someone that had committed a, a crime and was a major threat to the community, and they had to be put down by lethal force. You actually have protests and even violent reactions from these communities against these perpetrators. I mean, uh, against uh, well, against our police. I, I mean, so just the fact that they could revolt against. Things that are completely just and fair, um, they're going to do it, you know, a hundredfold when it's Hillary Clinton or any of her, her cronies that get indicted. So I would expect a major reaction that's going to really stir the pot. And uh, I, I do agree that I think uh, Trump is going to win somewhat handedly, um, at least under the conditions that he's able to follow through with all these uh, deportations. That's very important, and also uh, the major thing, which I have not seen him take r- real action on, is making sure that our election system is uh, stable, not being manipulated. Um, I mean, that's very important because I, I mean, I, I see all across the country. I mean, I, many of your viewers could definitely agree that I don't think that these have been fair elections. You're getting, you know, how is it that? We lost the House. How is it that we're losing all these local elections? Why were all these elections take so long in order to uh, sure. be concluded? Like, yeah, it's ridiculous how we have all these different elections that uh, they, they should have been called very quickly, but they delayed and they found all these magical ballots out of nowhere. And It's uh, I think a, a big threat to our actual democ- well, our democratic republic. It's, it's a threat to our, our government and tangibly hurting our country when the Democrats are able to get away with this. So I, I think if under the conditions that uh, Trump and our government is able to prevent all these uh, leftist, you know, playbook schemes, very malicious schemes, then I think we, we definitely have Trump for another four years and he could continue on with these very crucial uh, reforms that need to be made. And uh, unfortunately yep. I need to keep, keep traveling. I'm surprised how, how light it still is in Canada, but I'm going to be in more re- remote areas so I'm signing off tonight. Uh you can find me at uh, Nashville United on uh social media. And uh unfortunately I won't be able to make it on Thursday's show. I'm going to be missing some great stuff, but uh I'm sure uh I'll be listening. So uh, thanks again, Rory.
2: All right, we'll see you next week. Uh everybody we'll be we'll be right back with Dr. Bustler. Stay with us. Hello everybody. This is Rory Sodder from the Rory Sodder show. Are you an aspiring entrepreneur? Do you have an app idea? Do you want to save money? Well, i got great news for you. My company, GetYourAppBuilt.com, charges a fraction of the cost compared to anywhere else. And all of our work is the same amount of professionalism you'd see from any other company. Uh, Please visit our website, GetYourAppBuilt.com, for your free consultation and contact us today. Thank you. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from The Rory Sodder Show.
3: Would you know what to do in the event of an active shooter, a terrorist attack, or an unforeseen altercation? Whether at home or in the workplace, Skyray Security can train you and your employees how to defuse a potential violent situation. Our goal at Skyray Security is to keep our clients safe. With our professional and experienced Israeli Defense Force trainers, we teach strategies for safety that may someday save lives. Sign up at dot for our workplace violence prevention and training classes or call 240 888 0682.
10: Is video a part of your strategy for 2019? I'm Rob Hicks with Hicks Video, the remote video production specialist, the doer's resource for online video production.
2: And we are back coast to coast worldwide. The Rory Sodder Show, now listened to in 24 different countries on nearly 70 online platforms. And everybody, if you miss any past clips, past episodes, or need 24 7 breaking news coverage, please visit our media site, thenextnexgengenusa.com. We are running quite a bit late tonight. I do want to welcome to the show, though. Uh, very, very popular guy, very smart guy, very talented guy, economist, entrepreneur, speaker, writer for Town Hall, Newsmax, and a professor of finance at Stockton University <laughs> in New Jersey, Dr. Michael Bussler. How are you, sir?
9: I'm doing very well, Rory. How you doing? Uh, I've been listening to what some of the guests have said here. I uh, wasn't sure whether I was going to comment on the Hillary Clinton thing or uh, how uh, we think President Trump is going to win the election Uh, So let me let me talk a little bit about that. The question was said, where do you see President Trump picking up uh, some ground and winning the election big? Um, Well, uh, look, basically, if you look at the country as a whole, you have about 40 percent that are always going to vote Democrat, about 40 percent roughly that are always going to vote Republican. And then you have 20 percent in the middle that votes Democrat, sometimes Republican, sometimes Uh, and uh, maybe independents. And those are the ones you you have to swing. And those are the ones that I think the Republicans and Trump will have a better message for uh, than the Democrat candidate. Now, having said that, it also depends on who the Democratic candidate is. Uh, And I think the Democratic Party has a little bit of an uh, issue here that may hurt them at the polls. Uh, A big segment of their party wants them to be very liberal. Uh, If they end up putting up a very liberal candidate, the more moderate part part of the Democratic Party, I don't think they'll vote for Trump, but um, you may see a fairly low voter turnout um, if that's the case. Yeah. If they put up somebody more moderate like Biden, who I think is more appealing to the Democratic uh, majority, I think, um, then you're going to end up getting a lot of uh, liberals Uh, That'll um, not like that. And again, they're not going to vote for Trump, but I think they'll they'll stay away, too. Uh, And that may hurt some of them. So all I I see as the the very liberal states, um, I think, uh, pretty much go to whoever the Democrat is, California, New York, Washington, Oregon, uh, the New England states. Now, I didn't say Illinois. Uh, Most people throw Illinois in with the Democrats. I'm not so sure of that. They have a Republican governor. Obviously, they have Chicago, which is heavily Democratic, but that may be in play. And with the rest of the – I think Trump's got a shot to win just about uh, all of the the other states. You talked about Pennsylvania, for instance. Um, Right. Pennsylvania, which Trump barely won, but Pennsylvania is not – they're a purple state. You know they have a, a democratic yeah. governor. The uh, one of their senators, Pat Toomey, is about as conservative as, as you can get. Uh, yeah. So you're you're right. Uh, Philadelphia is heavily democratic, as is Pittsburgh and, and Harrisburg. But if you get a low yeah. turnout there and uh, yeah. the rest of the state swings to Trump, I think he could he could win that. Right. And so I, I too foresee and now we're, a lot that can Dr. happen.
2: Bustler. Now we're seeing places yeah. like Oregon. There was an article out today. Places like Oregon are now in play.
9: Yeah, yeah. So, look, there's the bottom line. There's a heck of a lot that can happen between now and next uh, November. But um, much of it, I think, could be very detrimental to the Democrats. As we mentioned before, uh, we have an attorney general uh, who's uh, really someone who's going to look into these things properly, um, He's got uh, Durham from uh, uh, Connecticut in there also working in him. And Assistant uh, uh, D.A. Rosen is also a very sharp guy. Um, And you have uh, Horowitz's uh, Inspector General report about to come out. I think over the next three, four, six months, uh, you're going to see a whole bunch of negative things about the Democratic Party uh, trickle out. Uh, and it could be even worse. There are some that are saying that uh, indictments, Doug Collins has said, and uh, that uh, indictments could could be coming. So if it ends up getting to, to that level. Um, you know, the Democrats, I think, are going to look foolish, especially they're continuing to try to impeach Trump. And uh, it's going to come out that the whole thing was uh, rigged from the start. And I think they're going to get stuck with egg in their face. And I think that's going to hurt them in the general election.
2: Oh no, you're absolutely right. And if you had to, if you had to guess, who do you think is going to be the nominee?
9: You know, it's so hard to tell. Right now, Biden looks good, but it's so hard to tell. Somebody may emerge that that we never thought of. Um, if it turns out to be a very liberal, um, you, you know, uh, I'm old enough you to mean remember. mean like a Bernie uh, 19...
2: or a, Ho- a Pocahontas? Yeah. That kind of liberal.
9: Right. Right. Uh, Elizabeth Warren or Bernie Sanders. If it turns out to be somebody uh, like that, um, you know, I remember in 1972 when uh, the Democratic Party led by George McGovern um, took pretty much a similar view uh, about socializing a lot of programs Uh, and Nixon uh, clobbered McGovern. I think he won only one or two uh, states. So I think when it gets into a general election, this socialist leftist position, while it may be appealing to some people in uh, cities and some uh, of my fellow academics, <laughs> um, I think when it comes to the mainstream uh, American public, it's not very uh, appealing. And that's could help Trump. That with a strong record that he has, look, people are most concerned with uh, putting food on the table and being safe. So when it comes to the economy and national security, you know, Trump's got a real strong record to to run on there.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. You're absolutely right. And please explain for us and kind of elaborate on how great it is economically for taxpayers. that President Trump, as he made the announcement yesterday, starting next week, ICE will be deporting the millions of illegals that have trespassed into our country. Explain how that releases such a huge burden off of us hardworking taxpayers.
9: Well, uh, it does um, a number of things. Now, the Democrats will complain for humanitarian reasons uh, about that, and I hope this forces uh, everybody to come to the table and finally come up with an immigration policy. But in the meantime, uh, removing the illegals uh, uh, ends up, um, helping us in that, many of them are uh, beneficiaries of uh, social welfare uh, programs, so we can stop paying those kind of things. Where it hurts in the marketplace too is they're willing to work uh, in a number of industries for a lot less than anybody else is willing to work for, uh, and that's right. uh, starting to keep uh, wages down. And they're taking some jobs that, because they're willing to work at, at lower wages, they're taking jobs that. Uh, some uh, lower-income Americans really, really would like to to have. So it is somewhat of a, a, a burden. Now the, there is issue from a social standpoint. Um, some of the, the immigrants that just came into the country, you know, there's an argument for let's round them up and get them out. But there's always a question of uh, what happens with the DACA kids, uh, people that have been here for 15, 20 years, and you're right, they're exactly. illegal and we can round them up. Stuff, but you know, there is a little bit of a uh, humanitarian thought, I think, that, that has to go into this too.
2: Yeah, and I, and I was talking about earlier in the show, you know, I, I, you know, I think there's more of a case to be argued and, and justified if somebody's been here their whole life. But if somebody has just come in in the last couple of years, get the hell out, like seriously. But if somebody yeah. has been here and all they know is this country, I, I think that's something that you know needs to be dealt with, and I think Trump has expressed that uh, he wants to figure out a way for people that have been here their entire lives to be able to stay, you know?
9: Yeah, absolutely. Look, I I live at the Jersey Shore in a resort town. And uh, in the hospitality industry, there are numerous um, illegal immigrants, uh, what they call undocumented now, illegal immigrants that work here. The thing is some of them have been here for 10, 15, 20 years. And they're uh, contributing members of, society. Their kids have been born here. The kids have gone through school here. Uh, So I think we have to be a little bit um, humane towards those people. But I agree with you. anybody who's been in here, just got here, came in the last year or two through this uh, open door policy we seem to have in Texas. uh, I don't have any problem with rounding them up up and uh, escorting them back home. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Uh, I want to ask you, uh, what, what are your, you know, obviously China has given some updates uh, about the trade deal. Uh, you know, not yeah. we're, we're not getting a, a bunch of stuff yet, but it, it looks like it's, you know, Trump is getting more and more out of them uh, and it's getting closer. Uh, how do you view this?
9: Well, as I said a couple of months ago on the show, when the G8 meets at the end of June, I think yeah. Trump and Xi will get together and I don't know that they'll necessarily finalize an agreement, but I think you'll hear something a little more positive from them. Look, China is, is, is hurting by this, and uh, there's no way they want the next 25% tariff on the last of the $300 million that they sell to us to go into effect. It will clobber their economy, and they're already having enough trouble. So uh, I think China does want a deal. Um, we we really had a deal back in May, and at the last minute they backed out of it and started changing the the terms, and that's when Trump walked away, uh, and he's not afraid to walk away from a bad deal. Um, But I think now that they're realizing Trump is serious and uh, he's going to move forward with the the next step, and Trump feels, look, even if I have to put the tariffs on, uh, yeah, it's going to raise some prices, and, and yeah, there'll be a little pain Uh, especially when uh, China retaliates. But with the high prices, it will bring back a lot of the uh, manufacturing. And again, it'll be a little more money than it used to be, but still it'll be made in America. So Trump's not afraid to not make a deal. Unless he can make a good deal, he's not afraid to let this go and uh, have no deal and let the tariffs increase. And he thinks he's going to win that way. Very very gutsy with what he does, but I think he's going to have good Uh, results in the end
2: absolutely i agree with you 100 percent um now let me ask you this Uh, tensions are rising with iran um what what you know obviously we could go in there and, and destroy them and obviously going to war a lot of it in a lot of senses is uh you know i mean it's about money but it's about other things but money is a big thing and i think we could um Obviously, they have they have certain things that we might want, maybe some oil. I mean, what what do you think that we could gain out of this? If they they keep threatening us, obviously it won't take much to destroy them. But uh, do you think there's a financial reward out of this? Uh,
9: I don't think that's what we're looking for. All we really want is uh, peaceful existence for everybody there. Look, uh, Iran is being squeezed worse than than China. They have sanctions put on there, the shortages of everything, their unemployment rates sky high, their inflation rates sky high, and the people are getting very restless. Uh, the Ayatollah doesn't really know what to do, so we start striking out against the U.S. And so there's been, uh, you know, two were shot at a few weeks ago and then two the other day. Um, and I I, um, they, I don't think Trump will stand for that that kind of thing. Uh, now, the question of how far it will go, he's already got ships there. He just announced he's sending a 1,000 uh, troops there. Um, some senators are recommending a uh, sort of a measured response to what they they did, just enough to let them know that uh, they better not do this again. Uh, and if they do, they're going to suffer, suffer for it. Um, eventually, Iran's got to come to the bargaining table with the u s otherwise their economy will completely crumble, and I think they're afraid then of uh revolt, but the u s is not looking for war they're looking for deterrence to stop uh, Iran from uh, being aggressive and look they they already are the largest exporter of terrorism, and they're causing all kinds of trouble in the mid East and the yemen with Saudi arabia uh Iraq even they're yeah. involved uh so they're causing all all kinds of trouble and uh Trump is determined uh, to put a a halt to that and uh, also to get a better agreement with their nuclear capabilities that really does prevent them from getting a nuclear bomb in the future.
2: And obviously they're they're putting more troops over there. And, you know, I mean, they're obviously it's a warning, but do you pretty much see this the same kind of situation as the Kim Jong-un where Kim Jong-un and Trump are going back and forth for a while, but then they decided to sit down and, and try to, you know, be civil with one another and make a deal? Do you see that kind of same example happening?
9: You know, it's it's tough, and I don't know um, how far it'll get before they sit down with us, whether it will involve some kind of retaliation from us, and then I don't know how they'll respond to that. I don't think a full-scale war will break out, but uh, right. there may be some military action back and, back and forth. But at some point, their economy will crumble without U.S. support. Uh, We control the U.S. dollar, and as long as we do that, it's very difficult for them to do any business uh, anywhere. So you just hope that uh, we can come up with some kind of a resolution before any of the uh, military stuff gets out of hand.
2: Absolutely right. Very well said. Uh, Dr. Branch, go ahead. I know you have some thoughts. Go ahead, Dr. Branch.
6: Well I'll tell you it's great hearing you again dr bustler it's It's good to have another academic on the phone and
4: thank you pleasure to be here thank you
6: <laughs> and you know this this has been a you know really great uh great day a lot has been talked about uh i know you're talking about immigration now um uh, you know uh, uh Daryl has brought up a lot of points and especially our our Guests from Alabama, a state near and dear to my heart, uh, you know, regarding, you know, the, the, the different things that are happening now uh, as far as with transgender, uh, the, the proliferation of, of, you know, different sexuality type of indoctrinations that are now happening in our schools. Uh, one thing I'd like to get, you know, especially Daryl as, as well, his 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 D- comments Darryl, on Darryl too. Daryl has
2: not on for some reason. I don't I don't know. He got disconnected.
6: Oh well, I'm I'm just I'm talking to myself <laughs> because what I what I wanted to do is bring up the point that Title IX funding and and Dr. Busler knows this. It was brought into effect so that female students, female athletes, would have an equal playing field. So that they could have, uh, enjoy their sports uh, and also uh, live up to their fullest potential. Now, uh, many people now across the nation, especially with daughters that have been trained in athletics all their life, are now facing uh, having to compete against transgender males uh, for, in, their, in their athletic programs. Uh, so I, you know, I kind of wanted to get the input, uh, you know, where we see, you know, the the fights and all that. I know Daryl's not on the phone now, but, you know, where the fights can be, how we can make progress uh, regarding these 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 girls that, you know, they want to compete. They they are they are uh, top notch athletes. And now they can't even compete uh, in Connecticut. Most of the records now are, are now owned by transgender uh, females that, uh, you know, only came onto the stage in the last couple of years. These are records that have an effect for, you know, many, many decades. So, you know, I'd like to put on that. Yeah, we have, we have a few minutes left, but
2: yeah, please, Dr. Butler answer that.
9: Yeah, you know, I, I think it's it's horrible. Uh, these female athletes, to, especially to get up to the collegiate level and to get to where you're a record breaker, uh, you have to have tremendous dedication, literally from the time you're uh, extremely young. Uh, and to, to have someone who's really a male Run against these females is is simply not fair. And to say he can do that just because he says he's a female, even though biologically he's not, um, I think it's terrible. You know, I I think of my daughter who was a college athlete, played uh, field hockey. Uh, they got it, they had a, a scrimmage against a male field hockey team. Now this is a Division One field hockey team, girls team. So they're, and they're they're good, but playing against a men's field hockey team. It was just a whole level of difference. So uh, they're really doing a, a, a disservice, and Dr. Branch is right. They put in Title IX to make uh, things yep. equal, that whatever sport, if you had 10 uh, sports for men, you had to have 10 sports for women too. So I think they made big strides. Yep. And now to have people that are, are really male and just say, hey, I feel like I'm a female today uh, r- running against them, I think is awful. I agree with Dr. Branch
6: completely. You know, it's, and it, just it's, look, at it's hours, look at how many hours, Doctor. Look at how many hours, Doctor. Bustler, you and 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 your family spent taking your daughter to practice. Uh, the money spent on coaching, the money spent on, you know, the 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 different uh, equipment needed, and you Absolutely. multiply that. I mean, there there you know, there's gymnasts that their families move to different states. to to be under certain coaches, there's track exactly the same way. The families will uproot themselves because of their daughter's ability all of a sudden for it to just be taken away because of this political correctness.
9: Yep. Yeah.
6: Yeah. Yeah. It's just, uh,
9: it's just horrible. You you know, and you're right. One last quick point that the, uh, to become a college athlete, you make a heck of a commitment. And the the parents do, too. I I tell you, uh, the last uh, two years my daughter was in high school, we never had her home for Thanksgiving because there's some National Futures field hockey tournament in Florida. So my wife takes her down to Florida to go to these uh, tournaments. And if she gets into college and she's going to not be able to play because someone who is really a male takes her position, I'd be pretty upset. (laughs) And so
6: would she. Yeah. Yeah,
2: of course. It's insanity. It really is. Um, Dr. Branch, please tell everybody where they can find you.
6: Well, again, it's been an honor being on your show tonight. I'm Dr. Branch. You can follow me on Twitter at Bob Branch. That's B-O-B-B-R-A-N-C-H. And keep America great. (laughs) Absolutely, my friend.
2: Uh, Dr. Bussler, I want to ask you um, real quick before you go, like 30 seconds, what do you think is going to happen with New York? Uh, New York City is now saying they're going to pay for abortions. What are your thoughts on that? 30 seconds. What do you think of that?
9: Uh, there's only so far New York can go to the left before uh, somebody kind of straightens things out. Uh, so you have de Blasio up there doing what he's doing. I, I, I think the people of New York are uh, getting even a little set up with how far that's going. Uh, So, um, he'll put this in, but I don't know how much further he'll get, and uh, we'll see what his political aspirations are.
2: (laughs) Yeah, no, I hear you. Uh, Please tell everybody where they can connect with you, sir.
9: So, my Twitter is at mbusler, at mbusler, and on Facebook,
2: search Funding Democracy. Sounds good, my friend. Um, Mike Peters in the, yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Dr. Bussler. Mike Peters in New York, you got any thoughts?
7: Yes, thank you. Thank you so much for having me tonight. And you can find me usually here with you. i um, really appreciate it. Great show tonight, Rory.
2: Thank you, my friend. Uh, Daryl, I'll give you the final word if you want to make a quick point and then uh, promote your stuff. Yeah, so you know, on the topic of women's sports,
3: I mean, it, there's also a little bit of you know things coming full circle. There's a natural gravity. So we talk about Title IX. Title IX, on on the one hand, what that sort of does is that forces federal funds to be allocated equally on athletics when women's athletics generates a substantially lower amount than men. And we have the common thing going on right now where the women's national soccer team is complaining that they don't make as much money as the men's national soccer team, even though you know they win the World Cup and the men don't make the World Cup. Well, the hard reality is, is I played semi-pro soccer ten years ago, and I could probably go and win the world cup gold boot for women if i if i competed there so if women want to make the same as men they have to compete against men that that's that's the hard reality of it so there's a little bit of a of an irony closing in on itself there where we have this separate but equal dynamic that we have in this case uh, oddly forced on us so we're forced to t- to uh, say that these two things are equitable when they're not and there's absolutely nothing wrong with women playing sports and we encourage them to do that, but it's a problem when, you know, federally we are mandating equal participation in sports with women as with men, when that's just something that biologically is not going to occur on its own. So there's a much larger conversation to be had on that. I really can't go into it all in 30 seconds, but I'd love it if we could maybe get more into that uh, Thursday or sometime next week, because there's a lot to talk there, but, uh, DarrellCain2024.com thanks for having me on and, and thanks for giving me the last word absolutely my friend always a pleasure
2: um, I want to I thank everybody uh, for tuning in tonight it's been a fantastic show I want to thank all my audience my sponsors my guests and co-hosts you are all incredible uh, the show was such good flow tonight uh, so smooth great talking points amazing things established uh, wonderful people on the panel, uh, can't get any better. Uh, remember, we're listened to in now 24 different countries and on nearly 70 online platforms. And everybody, if you miss any past clips, past episodes, or any 24/7 breaking news coverage, visit our media site N-E-X, Gen, G-E-N, com. And I can't wait in the next month to release the brand new network uh, that we that we are raising a lot of money for. It's going to be so exciting um we'll be back with all of you on Thursday evening. Uh, we have a huge show then and uh many great people will be on uh that episode as well and uh we will see you we will see you all then. Uh have a great night everybody. I'm Rory Sodder. Mega mega mega. God bless
1: everyone. Cheers.